guys. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Uh, thank you for watching the Pink Cloud Nine podcast and YouTube show. So uh, today we have a special guest for you, the one, the only author, Anthony C. Rucker. Hey, how's it going? Everything is wonderful. Um, I have to admit, even in the midst of COVID, I'm uh, I'm a Midwest boy, and I'm in Pomona, California now. Mm. So that the fact that this is what winter looks like, like 68 degrees, 70, <laughs> kind of hard to have during the winter. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, we're having good weather here too, so I'm excited about that. Um, but of course... January and February will hit, and then it's going to get really cold. So, probably 50s, 40s, I don't know. So, but good. I'm glad that you're enjoying the weather and that everything is well. Um, let's talk about True Game. I want to talk about True Game. I want to know what it's about. Tell us what you can about True Game. Okay, True Game. Mm-hmm. Wow, I don't, it's a mixture of things. Mm-hmm. So, what happened is, of you know, I'm a brother, you know what I'm saying? Now mm-hmm. I'm a father. Mm-hmm. But I always had problems with the general way that women were treated mm-hmm. in in public, I mean, and by men. And then also the way that men were so blind to what was happening with women. And I kept hearing friends talking about, I got game, I got game, mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And I always disagreed with them. I'm like, what, what most people do is not gay. It is it is human manipulation and abuse. Like, when people talk, when a guy says, well, I got a girl to do this, I'm like, well, if you break someone's self-esteem down mm-hmm. and you make them feel dependent on you, that's not gay. That, that's mm-hmm. abuse. Right. And so I wrote this book, for one, to teach okay. what really happens in relationships mm-hmm. and also teach the difference between someone who has game, in other words, the gift of gab, the swag to actually have you process something and not have to diminish you or beat you down to do it. And then also, Mm -hmm. just to give some general truths about men and women that men and women usually do not acknowledge. Like, for instance, you know, um, let's talk about women in fantasies. Because at one point, I I, um, I ran a um, unit Mm-hmm. at a girl's home for mm-hmm. parenting and non-parenting. So it was amazing when I was learning about how girls were acculturated. Okay. And I started understanding the differences. Girls play, their games don't necessarily have to have a winner or a loser. Now, there's only mm-hmm. two guys in this training, and we looked at each other, and we looked at the, um, we looked at the administrator, and we were like, so why do you play them? <laughs> and she mm-hmm. said, that's a man that questioned Notice none of the girls ask that. We're like, well, how do you know when the game is over? Mm. And so they were just like, you just play it until you're done with it. And we're mm. like, that's stupid. And so we were looking like, but when she, we started talking about how that affects the culturation of women and men. Okay. Women don't necessarily have to have a winner or a loser. Mm. It is a communal thing where they look for nurturing and care among the people. Right. And so when men get into things, sometimes they want to conquer. Yeah. Women, they want to commune and understand. And so pointing out these things in the book and telling about those differences, mm. I think will help people get a better understanding of relationships. But it'll also, the number one reason is to protect men and women 
from the opposite sex predators yeah. who use things to get over on them, abuse them, take advantage of them. And the reason it's called true game is because people call that stuff game. I don't call it game. So I wrote a book about true game, how to actually, it's like how to win friends and influence people meets relationships. Right. And it just talks about natural tendencies. And, stuff. and so that's, it's all of that wrapped up in the one. I love I hope, it. I hope that wasn't too incoherent. <laughs> no, that was amazing. And I totally get it. And, um, I applaud you for, for, you know, your courage and for your forethought of doing this because it's true and it's a problem, you know, the game that people play and relationships and it's true, it is manipulation. So that you wrote a book about, you know, I assume it's, it's more of like how to play it, how to not play it, but be more safe in that situation, right? In relationships, being safe, being... It's, it's a little bit of both. Okay. It's a little bit of yeah. both because you can't you can't teach people to avoid it without teaching it. Sure. That you see what I'm sense. saying? Yeah. In other words, it's like when you teach somebody how to do, you know, do math, you have to teach them the practical application. You just can't teach them the theory. Yeah. And then say, go out and learn. You have to teach them both. Yeah. So I actually use um, examples from my experience. Mm-hmm. and how things work and then talk about it like this is how you juxtapose it to this mm-hmm. you know and the one, one thing that I always mention in the book is that true game doesn't lie mm-hmm. in other words if I have to lie that's not game that's just dishonesty and deception Yeah. you know and, and that's the difference between one of the differences between game and true game true game I, I say in the book never lie Mm-hmm. If you have to lie, then you don't need to be in a relationship. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So, how many? How long has this? Uh, when did you start thinking of this book, and when did it get published? Like, I actually started thinking of this book about around 2013. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But um, during that period of time there was a lot of things that happened that actually, um, you know, elongated it. So at that point, I just finished my master's. Mm -hmm. I was working at an outpatient, um, going through, you know, relationship with um, my marriage was tumultuous with kids. Mm -hmm. Then in the middle of that, I started a degree. And then I got in a car accident. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I started, you know, I, I started my doctorate. And so it got pushed back. So I finally finished it. The what I finished it the the end of last year okay. the um, around November and then I started doing the editing and layout and I actually first printed it up for publishing around I think around March of this year. Okay. So awesome. it's out, but you know it's it's a COVID book, so you know, yeah. and I'm I have ADHD real terrible, so okay. I've actually printed up what I've actually published three or four other books and I'm actually working on two more. Oh so, wow, um, that's awesome. Tell us about your other <laughs> yeah, so tell us about your other books as well so we can have that opportunity. So the um the book that ha- wasn't published this year, it was published in 2006. It's called The Relationship Cookbook okay. and that's a book that explains relationships mm-hmm. based on the concept of preparing, mm-hmm. cooking and consuming mm-hmm. a meal. And it uses metaphor. So, in other words, the first thing that you do 
before you cook is you clean your kitchen. Yeah. And so cleaning your kitchen, you're the you're the place where you prepare the meals. So cleaning your kitchen is cleaning you out. Right. Then we talk about budgeting. And budgeting, you know, how much money you have. You know, if you yeah. have five dollars, you're not going out, you know, and buying shrimp and and steaking and having a surfing turkey. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I'm getting some ramen and I'm gonna get some seasoning and do it up the best I can. So when we talk about budgeting, we talk about where you are at in your life and what you can actually afford. And we talk about affording is sustaining. Mm. See, a lot of people think affording is being able to buy. Mm. And a lot of people can buy what they can't afford. So then it just goes through. So you go through choosing your meal, preparing the meal, choosing the proper pots and pans to cook in, simmering, preparing the meal, all that kind of stuff. So that's what the Relationship Cookbook is. I have another book called The Tiny Guide to Surviving um, and Living Through Pain, which I actually just printed up two days ago, you know, for publishing. So the publishing date was yesterday. Awesome. The day before before yesterday. And that is about the journey I had from 2015 Mm -hmm. to now because I was in chronic pain. I was in and out of surgeries for five years. I was rear-ended in a car accident Mm. and at one point like I was on muscle relaxers and oxycodone and Mm -hmm. that would only give me about 30 minutes of respite Mm. so I really had to work through pain so I wrote a book about that Mm. then I'm a poet so Mm. I wrote a poem a book of poetry for my muse it's a it's a book of relationship poetry good bad Mm -hmm. ugly questionable stuff and I mean have a section in there called the um what the um, um, um poems for the emotionally disabled and because usually people write poems from a real jaded position or a real ideal position, mm-hmm. I wrote it from both. Like I'm like, this is a part where you want love but you're not sure. And so that one is called Kissing Joy. Okay. And then I wrote a book because I'm, I'm Christian, okay. um, but I'm very practical in my stuff in my in my life. So I wrote a book called Jesus Wept, mm-hmm. and it's looking at Jesus from a human perspective, not a deified perspective. Just talking about his daily struggles and what he went through, and using that as an example. And, and a measuring stick for what we're doing, but in a realistic way. In other words, not trying to be a deity, but mm-hmm. talking about how being spiritual, not religious. Right. Spiritual can manifest in your life and how it will affect how you live and how you can bring it to be and not sit up and wait for some you know, bright light from the sky to come down and, and take mm-hmm. care of it. And so th- those are the books. And then I have a poet, another poetry book was an anthology called The Poet which came out like 1999, which is a collection of poetry. Okay. And so, you know, cool. that's, as you see, I'm, I'm very scatterbrained. I have to have something to do. And COVID has <laughs> provided a cornucopia of fertile ground. <laughs> Just Absolutely. Right and produced. That's amazing. And, uh, wow. I'm, you know, I'm ADHD as well. And for those that don't know what that is, it's, Attention de- Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. For some reason, I can't talk at the, at the moment. But anyway, um, yeah, it's really hard because I always have to be doing something. always have to be thinking. My brain is always active, and it can only concentrate on something for a very small amount of time. So it's like, you know, running like a rat on a on a cycle, you know, um, but yeah, yeah, it's hard. And I take medication for it and I have for three and a half years. I just have to, uh, to slow down my brain. (laughs) 
a little bit. Um, how do you handle with ADHD? You know what? Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me give you something as a clinician. Because okay. I got off meds. I, I, I took meds to get Good. through my master's and my doctorate. Okay. But um, during my um, pre-doc, I, I started working with a company that did um, counseling and neurofeedback. Yeah. And I found out that neurofeedback and biofeedback have been successfully reducing mm-hmm. or curing ADHD for like decades. Okay. And so I actually use um, biofeedback to the point where I'm not on meds anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have the racing, but it's controllable. And it's just it's just magnified in COVID because I'm just in, in one place and I'm single. You know, I have my kids, you know, 50-50. So I have them seven days on, seven days off. Mm-hmm. So for seven days, I have nobody in the house but me. You know, and I believe in social distancing and stuff. So, you know, it, it's got exacerbated during this. But neurofeedback has about it with with counseling has about an eighty five to ninety five percent um success ratio, with very little if either reoccurrence. Mm-hmm. And so if you um look you know, um the right. problem is you have to go to a neurologist most times because okay. most psychologists don't um mix the two. Right. But if you can get a referral to a neurologist and say that you want to get um neurofeedback for ADHD, you're talking about in five to six months you'll be fine and won't need meds. Because cool. I don't like meds, even as a clinician. So I'm just right. throwing yeah. that out for you. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Um, you know, I, I've been in recovery for three and a half years from addiction and for mental health. I'm also bipolar one, um, okay. bi- uh, borderline personality disorder, um, anxiety, mild. But, um, you know, when I don't take my meds... <laughs> I get very aggressive and irritable and um I just start spinning out of out of control. And I understand I also try to eat healthy, I try to exercise, I do counseling. So I kind of do a little bit of both, um holistic and pharmaceutical just because it works for me. I'm really really like afraid that if I don't take my meds, I'm going to spin out of control where I start to get um... Well, bipolar is a lot different. I I know you were bipolar because bipolar is one of those things where until you find something successful, Hmm. you know, you you should be taking meds because it's it's just such a daunting thing and people don't really understand Hmm. you know, the the experience of of having a bipolar disorder and they speak of it like oh it can just go away and it's like no that's (laughs) that is not (laughs) the way it works so yeah in that case uh, i understand but the neurofeedback might help you be able to reduce the dosage or at least for the adhd and then you know so you just taking medicine for the bipolar yeah you know and because i'm um, yeah but i understand that because i'm an uh an addict i don't take anything that is um narcotic you know it, it's yeah, all non non narco yeah so you know i figure uh you know whatever so and i i believe that adhd is a symptom of all the other mental health you know issues that i have so yeah there's some comorbidity yeah so anyway yeah exactly uh, so tell us about your doctorate i'm excited about that so um I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm ABD, which is all but um, dissertation, because during all of this, with the accident, the divorce, the custody, everything, I did 
just didn't have I just couldn't finish. So um, I'm actually going starting back in um, in the spring to just finish my dissertation, and it's in applied clinical psychology. Mm-hmm. And what that is, applied clinical psychology is a catch-all. So in other words, during my pre-doc, my youngest patient was 10 and my oldest was 78. And I dealt with everything from bipolar to ADHD to depression, you know, um, to schizoaffective. So it is, you know, it's, it's a catch-all. And it's really, it prepares you to work on all levels. So I've worked with couples. Like I said, I've, I've worked with children with autism who had ADHD during the um, counseling and the um, neural feedback to help them process and do better. So, okay. you know, it's, it's really, without getting too nerdy, it's <laughs> really just the catch-all of, uh, of mental health where you basically did not decide what specificity you wanted. Mm-hmm. So you got certified in everything so you can pick it afterwards. Okay. Well, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. Um, I'm very... Um... I'm happy for you, and I'm glad that you're getting this going on. Um, Awesome. Uh, Is there anything that you would like to let the listeners know before we head uh, out? Um, Any last words, any feedback, any recommendations, any... um... So I would say this. um, I say always look at your life like you study everything else. Like you go to your job Monday through Friday. You when you go to mm-hmm. classes, you go to classes and then you study after the classes. Mm-hmm. Relationships and life mm-hmm. are like that. Mm-hmm. And so you're only gonna get out of it what you put into it. And I know that sounds cliche, but you would be amazed how many people have sat down in front of you mm-hmm. in my office and when they're talking about people they've been with for years. And I just start talking about simple known clinical principles, mm-hmm. like simple things like owning your emotions. You know what I'm saying? Allowing someone to finish to speak and not preparing what you're going to say mm-hmm. after they're done, before they're done. You know, that there's nothing wrong with silence, which are just simple things. Yep. And they're looking like, well, what has that got to do with anything? <laughs> like, you don't understand how not doing those things builds up animosity and like owning your emotions using I state. Mm-hmm. And people are so surprised how much they don't know about relationships mm-hmm. and about themselves. And it's because we don't study. And I'm not telling you to do like me, incur a whole bunch of student debt and go get a bachelor's, a master's, and a doctorate. But what I'm saying is books like mine, which is what I wrote them for, to be a conduit between layman and clinical. So you don't think that you need to go to get counseling, but where do you go? So if you want to know about, okay, what problems am I having in relationships and why do I keep falling for this type of person or doing this? Or how does this keep working on me? You read True Game. Mm-hmm. If you say, you know, I can't seem to build a relationship like I want. Mm-hmm. Read Relationship Cookbook. Mm-hmm. If you say that, you know, the trauma and the pain in my life is hurting me, you know, you can start with The Tiny Guide to Surviving Pain. And of course, with trauma, you need something more specific but that's a general guideline, and I wrote it short, brief, and concise because people in pain don't want to read any long treatises. So you can read that. If you want to, you know, do your, your romantic thing and work through your relationship through creativity, you buy Kissing Joy. And so all, all of my books are 
meant to be a conduit between mental health and layman's where you can find these things out. You know, so one of the books I'm working on is a translator. In other words, the translation to men understanding women and women understanding mm -hmm. men. Because based on acculturation, we speak different languages. Yeah. So you can go learn it in counseling, which is what happens when I do life coaching or, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm working in private practice or whatever. Or you can, when this book comes out, you can read that and that might be enough for you. And so that's it, you know, study. And there are books out, some of them are terrible, some of them aren't. So I would always suggest talking to someone who knows what they're doing to ask for a suggestion. Because there are some books, and I'm not going to get into it, that people have asked me about. And some relationship experts that people ask me about who I say, listening to them is going to cause you more hurt than harm. I mean, more hurt than good right. and more, more harm than progress. Because it just sounds good. It's prima facie. It's yeah. face value, but it really doesn't work. Right. So, and that's that's what I would say. You know, study mm -hmm. and, and keep it, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Don't, don't, tr don't try to rebuild the wheel. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you. Those are words to live by. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, tell us where we can find your books. Okay, the, um... Amazon is funny, and I don't like going to them. So it's called thebookpatch.com. Okay. So if you go to thebookpatch.com and type in Anthony C. Rucker, all of my um, all of the books that I told you about will show up except on um, Relationship Cookbook. Relationship Cookbook is available on Amazon.com. Okay. And my pen name is The Boogeyman. So if you're looking okay. for the poetry books, you will look under The Boogeyman. But it's, and then I also have RelationshipCookbook.com therealtruegame.com and theboogeyman216.com all of those are my internet homes as you see I have entirely too much <laughs> of a digital footprint uh, it's a good thing places that you can reach me or simply at my email anthony at relationshipcookbook.com cool. awesome well uh, you heard it here first thank you so much for being here thank you for taking the time I know you're a busy busy guy and uh, all of this, the works that you're doing amazing thank you uh, so much uh, for the these uh, real true nuggets of life you know uh, I re really appreciate it and um, thank you for listening to the pink cloud nine podcast and youtube show we will talk to you later okay oh you know one more thing what's that because i forgot i get i get people talk about me i have a you can't find me on um facebook unless we're friends or a friend of a friend so mm -hmm. it's anthony ruck if mm -hmm. you have a friend of a friend but on instagram On Instagram, I am ACL Rucker. That's the mm -hmm. only one I really remember. So, okay. <laughs> Instagram, I'm ACL Rucker. And then on Facebook, I'm Anthony Ruck or Anthony CL Ruck. I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Instagram. Trust me. They, they <laughs> will find you. <laughs> All right. Well, really appreciate you being here, and we'll talk later. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.